Hey y'all, welcome, oh welcome back, this is Talk Your Shit with Deja, where we drop the eye because not only can I talk my shit, but I want you to talk your shit too. <laughs> Hope you all are having a lovely week. Of course, it's the middle of the week, so can't wait till we get to Friday, but it's Wednesday. So I hope you guys are having a good hump day <laughs> and everything's going good for you all. But um, this is week 17, baby, we getting up there or whatever, but this is week 17. And like I mentioned last week, this week, we're going to be talking about relationship styles and the different types of dependencies that show up within relationships because, you know, I think I've had an epiphany. (laughs) Well, I think I've already kind of known it, but I actually was watching a video and I was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say, but I think I'm a little bit codependent. But, you know, we like I say, like all the time is we throw out these words and we don't necessarily know what these things mean. They just throw them out all willy nilly or whatever. So I kind of want to go through all the different dependencies and kind of like let you all know what they are, like the benefits or the negatives to them and things of that nature. So maybe you can start looking into your own relationships with people and seeing, you know, how do you show up? Or how does your partner show up? And seeing if those are healthy things or if those are things that probably need to be worked on or figuring out like if it's not the healthy dependencies that you have, like where those are rooted in so that you can start working towards being a healthier you. So um, I was just like, let's go through that because... I like passing along information. So, yeah. So, first, I want to start off with uh, dependency itself. Um, So, dependency is when one person relies on another for help and support. They put it as a, a relationship style, in my opinion, because it's dependency by itself. I just personally didn't think that it was something, but I'm going with the professionals because I'm not one, so I believe them. But (laughs) so dependency is really its own relationship style. Um, Basically, one person depending on another person for something. The way they explained it basically was like, mostly you will see this kind of style show up between like a parent and a child because a child is dependent on the parent to kind of raise them and teach them and all of these things but they said it can also show up in relationships too um to where you know you reach out to people and you depend on them to do things for you and help you support you um so it says some of the positive of a dependency style is um it can be healthy when it is appropriate and necessary in a sense of balance so I talked about this last week is that honestly today we have a hard time being in the middle. We always want to be on one side or the other, or we are literally always on one side versus the other. I feel like dependency itself is something that should be in the middle or that's how they explained it is, is something that should be in the middle in the sense of you do it when necessarily, but when necessary, but you don't overly do it you know so you reach out to people when you need it but you keep to yourself when you don't in the sense of like don't overuse people if you don't need it 
so to speak. Um, and then it says negatives. Um, the downside of being too dependent on others is that if you are overly relying on someone, it can make you feel helpless and unable to do things on your own, which is usually how you get kids that, you know, who parents have literally raised them to do absolutely nothing because the parent has done everything for them. That child grows up and now knows how to do absolutely nothing because their parent never made them do anything. I tell my mom all the time that she's making my brother, my little brother so dependent on her because he'll mess up his room. She'll clean it up. He'll mess up something. She'll clean it up. Like anything he does, she goes right in behind him and clean it up. And I'm just like, what is he going to know how to do when he gets out on his own? And he's getting older. He's all he's four years away from being like college age so it's just like at what point are you gonna start making him learn how to do stuff because if you don't he's not gonna know how to do anything and I hope you see this and understand that he's not gonna know how to do anything if you don't make him do anything because you go behind him and do everything but that's real stuff like if you do everything for somebody, then they're never going to know how to do it for themselves, which is why they say like this more so shows up for children is because if you all if you're always cooking for them, if you're always cleaning for them, if you're always getting them out of trouble or not instilling in them discipline and all this other stuff, when they get out on their own, they're just not going to know how to do it. They're going to be looking for mommy or daddy to save them. But mommy and daddy kind of got their own lives. So once you kind of become an adult, it's kind of hard to reach back and rely on them because they got their own lives. So it's like we definitely got to work on, you know, teaching our children to be balanced before they go out into this world. Because once they get out into this world, you definitely don't want them to be dependent on somebody else to do things for them. But now what I did add to it, which was something that I brought up last week, which is like having those five to 10 people to rely on. I would think that this would kind of come into place with dependency in a sense of you got to be able to put your eggs all into one basket. I mean, got to be able to put your eggs into different basket, not just one. So if you have five to 10 people that you can rely on when you need help with something, you are better able to kind of move through life and you're not just pulling out one person specifically. You're putting your eggs in multiple different baskets. So if I'm having a bad day, but maybe I reach out to one of my good friends and I know she's having a bad day. If I have four other people that I can call, somebody didn't have a bad day and now they can help me through it. You know, I can depend on them in order to get myself to, you know, that full tank of gas, so I got to give everything out to everybody. But, <laughs> you know, having that five to 10 people is really helpful in dependencies because you got to be able to depend on more than just one person. You got to be able to depend on a community of people because we need each other. But, um, so yeah, that's dependency. That's the first, uh, relationship style. The next one is going to be independency. So that I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? Um, yeah. <laughs> At this point, I think everybody knows what it means. <laughs> 
everybody's been talking about the independent woman. I, I would think that everybody knows what independent means. But we're going to, you know, let y'all know. <laughs> I'm going to pass the information along. So it says, independency is when you are not reliant on anyone else. And it says, this doesn't mean that you don't need or want anyone in your life, but rather that you are self-sufficient and capable of being on your own. And that's that's crazy that I read that, right? Because they make it seem like these independent people. And I think that that's why I say, like, we just be throwing out these words that we don't necessarily know what they mean. And we give them bad connotations. Then you realize that you can't use this word for that because it has this connotation. And then it just all get jumbled up because in reading that, all it says is somebody who knows how to be self-sufficient. That's all that independent means. Sorry, y'all. It's a gnat that's been in my room all day. It's throwing out my focus. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, independent, that's literally all it means is self-sufficient. So honestly, when I hear anybody say, well, I guess we'll stick with the independent Black woman because that's who they say yells it out the most. All she's saying is, bitch, I'm self-sufficient. Like, I have had to rely on myself to get myself from point A to point B, and I am sufficient. Now, the biggest part of this that nobody ever puts into the argument when they talk about this strong, independent Black woman is the fact of, it says, but rather that you are self-sufficient and capable, hold on, wait, no. It says, this doesn't mean you don't need or want anyone in your life. So I don't understand why they think when, you know, women are screaming that they're independent, that means that they don't need or want people in their life. Now, I can understand the people that be like, I'm an independent woman and I don't need no man. I can understand that. I can understand why y'all get mad when, when they say that, because that part is alluded to you don't need nobody. But if they just said that they're an independent woman, I don't see why that rubs people the wrong way. Like, it, it rubs people the wrong way, and I don't understand how words with definitions rub people the wrong way. Like, all they're saying is that they're self-sufficient, <laughs> and they know how to take care of themselves. Like, I don't, I've never understood what's been the problem with that, but I guess, it, again, I guess it's the part where they say, I don't need a man after it. They'll be like, I'm independent, and I don't need no man. That might be what's rubbing people the wrong way. But if they just say they're independent, it just means that they know how to take care of stuff. But um, it says some of the positives of independency is often. Um, no, it says some of the positives are that you are confident and able to take care of yourself. Sorry, y'all. I'm like trying to read without glasses. It's funny. <laughs> but it says you. Uh, they are often capable of taking care of themselves. And then, and then it says this is essential in a relationship because it ensures that you are not overly dependent on your partner. It also means that you are more likely to be able to handle difficult situations on your own without needing someone else to help you through them. Which, again, makes so much sense because we are individuals and we have our own stuff going on. Honestly, having an independent person can be helpful in a sense of whenever something goes wrong, they're not immediately thinking to call you. 
they're not immediately running to get your help. They're first trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? And then if I absolutely need somebody else, then I can reach out to them. But their first re reaction isn't to reach out to somebody, it's to figure it out by themselves. And in my opinion, that would be very much helpful because you could be literally going through your own stuff. So if if I'm not independent and I'm always relying on you, then that's going to pull at you and then you're going to feel drained because you're always giving and I'm like always running in behind. Like, it's just like, uh. so it's like, I, I understand like the need for independency. I understand the necessity for independency. Now, the negatives <laughs> is you may find it difficult to let anyone into your life leading to isolation or preventing you from forming close relationships. And then it says you might also experience trouble asking for help when you need it and relying on others when necessary. This can make it challenging to develop close relationships and may cause problems in your existing ones. So that's the negatives of independency, which is why, okay, this is why I can understand why some people get, you know, a little rattle when people say they're independent because when you look at the negatives or what could possibly be a negative out of independency is now you have a hard time letting people in like when you absolutely need help you have a hard time reaching out for it and it's 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 unfortunate because especially if you have a community around you that's more than willing to help you have become so self-reliant that you don't reach out for that help. And it's like, you should be reaching out for that help if, if it just seems like too much on your shoulders. To be independent is great, yes, but you gotta know how to bring people into the situation. So it's like, I could understand, you know, why people don't like it, but I could also understand why people say they are independent. I feel like there's a positive and a negative, like I just read to it. And it, depending on perspective is why some people always think that it's negative when somebody say they're independent. But depending on a different perspective, it's just somebody saying, I got myself out of this situation. I figured out how to get to point A to point B. I figured out these things. And that's just that. I think it really just be difference of uh, perspectives, which is why the kind of men probably have a negative connotation towards the word independent because there's a lot of women who will say independent but then say they don't
to the connotation or why they are feeling this way. You got to ask. That's like, that's the whole purpose of these conversations that we're having today is asking people, what do you mean by that? Like, why do you take offense to this word? Like, what does independence mean to you? And then that's how you get to a better grounding. But I feel like that word can be used in a good way. But I think that today's climate has made it such a negative word that a lot of people just don't like when people use it. But if you take the definition for itself, it's just somebody who's self-reliant. That's that, that's it. Like, that's it. That's all. <laughs> but on to the next one. OK, so this one is actually one that I didn't necessarily know was a thing until I went on psychology.com <laughs> and learned something. Um, But it's called counter dependency. And it says that counter dependency is about a failure to trust others. So to me, when I like was reading through counterdependency, it kind of reminded me of inter not interdependency, but independency. It reminded me of being independent, but the way they explained it was that you you don't reach out for help from others because you don't trust others. I think independency is more so you've had to do it by yourself this whole time that you just don't reach out to other people. Not to say you're completely incapable of reaching out to people or you can't ever reach out to people at some point. It's more so just like you had to lean on your own self to get to point A, point B or whatever. But counterdependency seems to be you don't reach out because you're scared to reach out. You don't reach out because of the fear of rejection or the fear of no, or you don't trust that you're going to get the help that you need. It says that um, this dependency is related to the insecure attachment, the avoidance style. And it makes a lot of sense in a sense of like, if you, and we, we learned and if you don't know, go look at my <laughs> go look at my attachment style video. But we learned that avoidant people tend to be your independent people, right? They tend to be your closed off, shut down type of people. So being counterdependent, if you are closed off and shut down, yeah, you're focusing on self, but now you don't trust nobody to give you help. You don't even look outside for anybody to give you up. So I think they definitely go hand in hand. And I feel like, honestly, if in independency was an umbrella, counterdependent would be like up under it because of how similar it is. But it's just rooted in fear. Sometimes I think that my mom is counterdependent and I'm going to give her business a little bit, but she be scared to ask for help from the people around her. Our, in our community, like the Black community, I'm starting to think a lot of them are not necessarily independent. They're this cat 
well, I guess they would be independent if it's an umbrella and that's up. But I low-key think they're counter-dependent in a sense of they're not doing everything because they want to. They're doing it everything because they have to, because if they reach out to somebody, they may get told no. Or that they reach out to somebody like it, they may fall through. Like there's a fear of why they don't reach out. So they just have to do everything by themselves. So like when I was reading that, I was like, yo, that might be a lot of a lot of the reason why everybody just do everything by themselves. And Loki, I think that's where a lot of the women's sentiments come from is that counterdependent. Because when you actually wanted to depend on somebody, it fell through. And so now you're just like, okay, let me focus on myself because at the moment that I have to depend on anybody else, it's and it falls through, it's gonna be a problem. So you don't even put yourself out there to get that energy back because of past traumas or past experiences or whatever the case may be. So I think a lot of people may be counter-dependent and just independent. I think a lot of people are rooted in fear. We all are kind of rooted in fear. <laughs> There's a lot of fear in people that make them move so differently. So that's why I think that independence and counter-dependence is so correlated or so close because of the having to do everything by themselves. I just think the only thing that separates them is one is not rooted in fear, but the other one is. But I'm, I think a lot of people are counter-dependent. I really do. And then it says that the the things between independency and counter-dependence, like things that are positives for them, it's kind of like autonomy, right? In a sense of the person has a sense of self. And then in a sense that one can effectively control one's own destiny. And then they're not controlled or influenced by others. So those are some positive things when it comes to counterdependent and independence is that they because they're so focused on self, they don't get swayed by everybody else. But now the negatives is that they suck at being interdependent, which of course we'll talk about, but they suck at that. They don't know how to really integrate people in. The counterdependent person is scared to integrate people in. And the independent person is just like, I've been doing this shit all my life. I might as well keep doing it. And they don't know where to fit people in. So it's like, that's the downsides to both of those is that interdependence is kind of hard for them. They don't know how to incorporate people back in their life. So that sucks, but um, it's, it's called like working, practicing to start incorporating somebody. And, you know, you gotta start putting people around you that have your best interests at heart so that you're not scared or fearful or reluctant to reach out to them for help. I also think like, especially what I've noticed in my family is that, or just us in general, we have a lot of people around us that we don't even have, like they don't even have the capacity to help us in a sense. So we're forced to be independent ourselves too. In a sense of, 
The only people you have around you is people you know you can't call for help. And that should not be your circle. Like, that should not be the people you have around you. It's the people you know you can't call in. Like, you should at least have, if if you're going to have those people around you, it should only be, like, maybe one or two. But now the other eight, because, you know, we said five to ten, the other eight should be people you know can help you. But I think a lot of the times we surround ourselves with people that we know can't help us. So it forces us to do everything by ourselves, and we end up making our lives harder for no reason. And we got to stop doing that. Like, we really got to make sure we have people around us that's working towards being healthier and having a foundation and everything. Like, when I'm going through something, I can call you. Or when I need help with something, I can call you. Versus, well, I know they ain't got no car, so I can't even ask them to take me somewhere. I know they ain't got no money, so I can't even ask them to lend me something for, like, for rent. Like, it's like you have people around you that you know can't help you. So it's like you forced to be independent. So it's like, we gotta start making our our circle reflect us, which is why you gotta work on you. Cause if you're giving and if you're, you know, that essence of love and all this other stuff, you start putting people around you that reflect that too. You know, even if it is that person that is like, dang, this is my last $5, but you, if you really need it, I, here you go. You know, where, They'll do it for you because you're you and vice versa. You'll do it for them because they're them. You know, we got to make our circle stronger. And I think that's how we start to, you know, grow and evolve and get to better spaces. Because if your circle is not helpful, you can only do so much before you're not going to be any help to yourself. So (laughs) you're going to be ass out of gas. So you're got, you got to be helpful for yourself, but then you got to put people around you that's going to be helpful. So, yeah. So, next, we're going to talk about my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but, you know, what I think I am. <laughs> it's codependent. <laughs> codependent is so toxic. I mean, all, all of them above is toxic, but <laughs> codependent is so sexy or whatever but no (laughs) it says that codependency occurs when one person in a relationship is overly dependent on one person in specific and then it says it can happen it said four ways but I kind of combined it and then I low-key think I could combine it even more but the ways that they can show up in a relationship is emotional and psychological um financial and then physical so with emotional and psychological is basically you're looking for people to give you reassurance. Well, you're needing the people in your life to give you reassurance. So you're de- depending on them so much to reassure you, to to provide you with mental security, to be there for you if you're going through a bad. Like you literally rely on them for every emotional thing that you're going through in your life. And, you know, that for me is the one that I probably lean on the most. And I'm not even codependent on everybody. Let's just stick with men. So let's go to how this kind of comes into my life. We should already know because we've been watching the episodes. We've been paying attention to Dejanae. But if you don't know, I'm going to present it to you now. But, you know, I didn't grow up with a father in a sense of like that masculine pre- presence that is supposed to be within your life too 
reassure you and provide you with love and all this other stuff I didn't have. So now I'm in a space where, or I've been in a space where I've been yearning for it. I feel like our spirits literally look for masculine and femininity, masculinity and femininity. Our spirit looks for that. So if we had the feminine in our lives, then that that part has been satisfied. But then now your your heart yearns for masculinity if you didn't have that or vice versa, because I know there's some people who don't have their moms in their life and maybe were raised by dads. So, you know, you're always looking for that feminine presence or that masculine presence. I believe codependency comes in for me because I lack dad and I lacked reassurance and all this other stuff that you're supposed to get from masculine presence in your life. So when I go into relationships or whatever you want to call them, because I only have one relationship, but situationships, I guess that's a new word. I don't know. I've, I've depended so much on these people for reassurance and stability and security and everything of that nature that it tends to come off clingy and needy and all these other Gonna provide you with that masculine or feminine presence. You get so reliant on it because you haven't focused on any other aspect in your life. So that's what I'm working on now is expanding. Like I said, I'm learning me. I'm learning me and what I like to do and all this other stuff so that when a man comes into my life again, I'm not overly dependent on him. Like, am I still yearning for masculine presence? I'm always gonna be yearning. I don't have it. I'm always yearning for it. But when they come into my life, well, I have established way more of my life to where I'm fulfilled by other things. And then they're just going to be that last puzzle piece in the puzzle rather than the whole damn puzzle. Yeah. So codependency for me definitely comes in only in that aspect. Everything else, I'm probably way more independent than the average person person everything else I'm independent but with men I'm very codependent and I'm working on that and I think it also comes into because with codependency you're overly doing it and I I don't know necessarily because I didn't read that the other person was giving you support it just says that you're overly supportive. So where I see, like where I've noticed where I get overly attached is when they back off. Like there's no balance in a sense of it starts off balancing. It starts off as a check in a check in some balances. Like you give, I give, you take, I take, and all this other stuff. Where I notice the codependency starts to come in is once you pull back. And I think that has a lot to do with the abandonment thing, because now you don't want them to go nowhere and all this other stuff. So you start to overly support. Now you need reassurance and all this other stuff. So it's like the pulling back, the no longer supporting me, the no longer being there for me. You know, that's when the the 
codependence comes in. Now I have to overly do it because you're leaving. Where are you going? Come back. <laughs> like that's honestly what gets triggered in my brain. So now I'm doing a lot, especially if you're not communicating where you're going. If you're not letting me know, if you're just disappearing like a ghost, that's where it comes into play. But like I said, I'm working on it. It's definitely a work in progress. It's something that I've learned for 25 years. So it's going to take me a good couple of months, years, maybe. I don't know to get over it. So husband, be patient with me wherever you are. <laughs> Just know you might be coming into <laughs> some shit, but I'll work with you as long as you work with me. <laughs> but yeah, um, financial codependency. I think that was a lot of our past generations, which is <laughs> a lot that might lead to the counterdependence in the women's the the financial codependency. Like nobody wants to be reliant on somebody to financially support them. If I need you for every move and every shit to pay my bills, I need you to pay my bills. I need you to, to get my car. I need you to take me this. I need you to give me that. Like nobody wants to be dependent on somebody financially because at the moment you have to depend on somebody financially when they just pull that rug from up under your feet, your ass out of gas. So that's another way. And then it says physical, but I don't necessarily, I didn't get like how physically, I mean, it says like if you, constantly needing somebody to do errands for you or to you know provide you with a house and I would think that's financial but it said it was physical but um yeah I think the two main ones is emotional and psychological and then financial those are the two main codependencies physical I don't necessarily see that often I see the other two way more often and you know just having to again having to put your 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 well-being because that means like you're not self-sufficient in those areas having to put your lack of self-sufficiency onto somebody else it's gonna take a toll on them I notice I do push people away because I'm overly relying on them and they got their own lives going on so it's like I'm trying my hardest to pull back and not put myself out there a lot. And I, I think codependency goes with your anxiously attached people. Like I'm trying my hardest to, you know, give people space, learn how to be fulfilled on my own and all these. But it is a process. You know, once you've been taught to do this stuff, your brain gets used to this, these patterns and it takes being cognizant of what's going on to change it. But, you know, like an addict in order to realize that you're doing, you got to acknowledge the problem. And I acknowledge the problem and now I'm working on changing the problem. Speaking of addicts, it's funny, it says codependency can turn into addiction or whatever. And it's funny because I used to always say, I used to tell people like, and I probably still do. <laughs> I used to tell people, like, I'm not addicted to anything but men. Like, I'm addicted to men. And not in the sense of, like, I'm out here chasing after anybody. But once, like, I like you and you get into my circle, like, I get addicted. Like, addicted. And that it's I already have an addictive personality just biologically. Um, my dad 
has addictive problems or whatever. So I know it's in my DNA somewhere that addiction is a thing. That's probably why I binge watch shows and everything. Like addiction really is within me. But I always said like, I don't get addicted to nothing but men and TV, I guess, but men. But that's real shit. Like I really do. And it's the pulling back. It's when that high comes down, I feel like I got to chase it. And I'm working on not chasing it. I'm working on filling it up with healthier healthier coping mechanisms or healthier strategies because, you know, you can't be dependent on your man for everything, you know. Or your woman, again, for the people who are missing out on that feminine presence. You can't be dependent on your woman for everything. She can't be everything for you. And he can't be everything for you. And I'm learning that. And I'm taking the the knowledge and I'm running with it. So, husband, I will be ready for you when you come. <laughs> um, and then the last one is the most important one. And it's the most healthiest of all of them is interdependency. Yes, interdependency. And it says is when two people rely on each other equally. I wouldn't be codependent if I could rely on these niggas. Now, just <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Um, but yes, it's it's basically when there's that ebb and flow, that yin and that yang, that that balance. You know, I need you, you need me. I can do this for you. You could do this for me. It's that given that take, that that beautiful balance that just comes in with the relationship. That's what interdependency is. And it says that the positives is generally considered to be healthy because it creates a sense of mutual support and cooperation. This type of dependency can help you feel more connected to your partner and can make you both feel needed and valued. It can also provide a sense of security and stability in a relationship, which is why I say, like, honestly, I don't think I would be codependent if I picked partners that provided me stability. And that's what I mentioned last week, too, is that if you don't get a title from somebody, you know how much instability is there? Granted, you could get a title from somebody and they could still be doing whatever the case. But if you don't get a title, if you don't get actions, if you don't get any type of security, you're going to be insecure. And that's what leads to codependency. Or you're going to go to the other side and just be independent altogether. So it's just like, if there was a healthy balance, if I got support just as much as I gave support out, I wouldn't have to be codependent. But that also comes in partner choosing too, you know? Don't choose partners that's like your absent mama or your absent daddy if you don't want to continuously go through codependency. And that's kind of been the guys is they've been these absent people. I ain't going to say daddies, but <laughs> they've been absent in my life. So it's like, okay, now I'm overly doing it because I, I don't think I'm independent. I, can, I don't think I have the capacity to be in, independent in that just because of who I am. Like, I know some women that, you know, don't get that from men and they completely are independent and they really be on some I don't need men stuff. I'm definitely not that that woman. 
sometimes I wish I can shut down like that, but I feel everything and I'm such a big baby and I just want love and affection and I don't know how to close myself off like that. So rather than shutting down and doing everything by myself, I latch on crazy and I am overly doing it. I'm needy and all this other stuff. So it's like, had I found men that I could actually be in relationships with that support me just as much as I support them, I'm not codependent. It, or I wouldn't be codependent because I know you're there for me just as much as I'm there for you. I know that when I call you, you're going to pick up just like if you call me, I'm going to pick up. If I text, you're going to respond just like if you text, I'm going to respond. You know, there's going to be a give and take. Like whatever you give me, I'm going to be reciprocating that. You know, but with the codependency, you ain't even getting shit. So that means you always look, you're looking for them to give you something back. You're looking for them to give you that equal support. You're looking and you're doing the most trying to get it. And it really doesn't help. So it's choose better. I got to choose better. I definitely got to choose better. I got to work on my, my choices. You know what they say? Accountability. (laughs) I'm so tired of that word, but you know, I, I, I'm always accountable. I can't, I can't blame nobody else. I, I really can't, you know, I'm realizing that even if I was not cognizant of what I was doing, I still would, I still put myself in these situations mentally in a sense of like our subconscious, our subconscious puts us into situations that repeats itself. Like your subconscious, once you're born and you start learning stuff, your subconscious is slowly building up pathways, right? So you might have not put yourself there on purpose, but your subconscious definitely put you there. So it's still your still your shit at the end of the day. So until you wake up and you know, be like, dang, my subconscious over here, leave me astray. Let me get this on track. Let's break some cycles then it's always going to be on you. So I definitely know how to take accountability. I know that, you know, I can be interdependent with somebody if I pick somebody that is actually trying to be in a relationship, actually wants to give just as much as they receive, you know, all these good things. But I have to know that. (laughs) So yes. So that's going to be the dependencies, y'all. Like, this dumb, this that, this dumb. Um, I guess the the it does give me negatives for interdependencies. Um, it said that basically, if you all start doing too much for each other, then you're not. It's gonna basically lead to the other ones in a sense of you're not gonna really know how to do anything without that person. Like if they're always there supporting you, you're gonna rely on them and vice versa. So it's like healthy balance, y'all. We got to have balance. We got to practice balance. Once we master balance, we can do everything. (laughs) Not everything, but everything. Like, why do you think time management is such an important thing? Which, you know, is a whole different topic. And I ain't going to go too much off topic. But that's, it's balancing, and of course, it can be hard balancing a lot if you try to put so much on your plate, but balance really is important. And interdependence is the balance of relationships. It's it's being able to reach out to somebody just as much as they can reach out to you. 
and I'm working on finding somebody I can be interdependent with. And of course, you know, these things definitely don't just apply to relationships. I try to, you know, stay relationship focused because that's kind of where my mind be for most of it. But these can be applied to anywhere. With family, you definitely can be codependent on family. You know, if you're always looking for mama to give you money, <laughs> like you don't need to always be looking for mama to give you money or, you know, the. friends that overly need you i'm probably the friend that underly needs people <laughs> that's so crazy how your life really could be set up in different ways like with men i'm codependent but with friends i'm probably independent with family i'm probably independent y'all where am i interdependent <laughs> i don't even know if i'm interdependent anyway <laughs> I don't know if I'm interdependent anywhere, but yeah, like for the most part, I'm independent until it comes to men. Then I'm very codependent, but I think it's also like I've been raised, well, I wasn't raised to listen to love songs and watching rom-coms and all this other stuff, but I always am putting myself in front of love stories. So something inside of me is like, you need that love from a man. And so I overly chase it. And it's like, nah, you just need that love in general. And it's within you. So you got to find it. And then when that man come along, we can just share it or whatever. But yeah, I ain't going to talk y'all off, y'all ear off too much. Because um, that's kind of everything. You know, dependency independency counterdependency codependency and interdependency those are the the different relationship styles now y'all tell me which one y'all y'all is in relationships or how y'all is with y'all family are you the independent type or are you the dependent type are you the interdependent type or are you the codependent type or are you just scared to reach out for to people for help because you're scared they're going to say no? Or you're scared that it's not going to be right or whatever the case may be. You know, what are you? Let us know. You know, maybe you can connect with somebody who moves like you and maybe they can share some tips and you can share some tips. And y'all can figure out how to get on, get, get to a more interdependent space together. You know, because that's the goal is we grow together. We talk our shit together. <laughs> but, but yeah let us know because like i said it's so weird i'm independent for mostly everything except for relationships relationships is my only codependence and i'm trying to figure out how to get out of it how to get out of codependence and then i gotta figure out how to be interdependent like i said you gotta tend to those relationships that you are forming with everybody else or you're not going to have anybody to call. <laughs> you know, your five people is going to only be one.
you you can only call you so it's like you got to tend to those other relationships those five to ten people so that you can be interdependent with them as well when they need you they can call you but when you need them they you could call them you know we're we're on a journey to interdependence i feel like we're on a lot of journeys we're on a journey to balance Period. Like that's just that's just the journey we're on. We're on a journey to balance. We're trying to get to a healthy medium, you know, not one or the other. We're not independent or codependent. We're interdependent, you know, in the middle. Like that's what we're trying to be, you know, <laughs> healthy and all that good jazz. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna close it out right here because I'm just rambling. Um, next week. I don't know what I'm talking about. It may be about the different types of intimacies. Cause you know, we might can help y'all get a little intimate or whatever. Cause I really do think that people really think physical intimacy is kind of like the only thing. It's like when people be like, oh, we gotta get intimate, they automatically think physical. It's like, nah. So I think that's what I might do. That's what I might do. And honestly, I should have put intimacy in probably after the love language series, but I kind of forgot. But I'm going to put it in now because there, well, I found a website that has four different types, but it might be more and it might be less. Who knows? <laughs> but we're going to go over them and give y'all ways to go into your relationships and practice these things because that's what we got to do. We got to put out the information, then we got to practice it because practice it, it doesn't make perfect, but it, it gets us going. <laughs> it gets the people going. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the different types of intimacies next week. Um, yeah, so I'm going to close this out right here. This is Talk Your Shit with Daisha, where we drop the eye because not only can I talk my shit, but I want you to talk your shit, too. And I was, well, hold on. Before we close out, I, y'all, I be forgetting to do this little outro thing. But go check me out on uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and then you can follow me on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, yeah, um, and then, yeah, catch you next Wednesday, new topic, 7 o'clock, same time, and I'll see y'all or tune in with y'all then. Bye.